From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. This is the Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk TNT. Hello, my friends. You're watching the Tyler Nixon Show for when, Thursday, excuse me, Thursday, February 8th, uh, 2024. And uh, today we're going to have Matt Baker on. Uh, Matt Baker is a, I would call him a guerrilla activist and uh, a good friend, a good man. You might have seen him in some uh, viral videos uh, where he took on various uh, city councils or, or councils uh, uh, discussing uh, Anthony Fauci and the lockdowns. And uh, he's uh, he's my spirit animal, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. uh, good man. And I'm really looking forward to having a conversation with him. But uh, first, I want to talk real quick about I've been riveted. That's why I'm kind of a little little uh, huffing here. Um, I've been uh, li- listening to the Supreme Court's oral arguments in the Colorado case, the Colorado travesty, uh, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm you know, speaking to you from Denver. So uh, this was uh, this was just an outrage. I could not even believe, uh, first of all, that it even got past the trial court. But the fact that the Supreme Court by a four to three decision, of course, not a unanimous, unanimous decision by any uh, chance or shot, uh, basically said that Trump was an insurrectionist or is an insurrectionist and was therefore disqualified from the ballot here in Colorado. And there are, of course, fiery and very uh, strong dissents from other justices on that court, two of which I think were almost unassailable in terms of their constitutional underpinnings. And it has been absolutely fascinating to me to listen to the uh, Supreme Court's questioning of the the counsel in this case. Uh, and, you know, at first, obviously, Trump's counsel, he's the petitioner, came on and, and gave his arguments. And he, uh, you know, they had they had narrowed the case down to very narrow uh, grounds because they didn't want to. I think they wanted to stand on the firmest grounds. And they realized that there's so much uh, there's so many other considerations against weighing against affirming the Colorado Supreme Court decision that I don't think I, I at first I wondered why they hadn't raised certain issues. But then uh, when I heard the justices begin to question uh, the uh, the uh, respondent, which is the state of Colorado's counsel, I realized that uh, the Supreme Court uh, really understands these issues implicitly beyond what has to be necessarily briefed by uh, the the uh, Trump's counsel or Trump's team. And boy, I'll tell you what, I, I, I have to say every single justice, including who would be considered the liberal justices, absolutely just eviscerated. And now now let me let me make something clear here. When you have questioning from justices or any Supreme Court or any court like that, um, you can't really draw inferences from how they question uh, that, you know, they may seem hostile to eat to a side, but that doesn't necessarily mean. And in fact, it can mean quite the opposite, that they are uh, going to rule against that side. Um, if anything, it's what they want to do when they go through that process is to set to satisfy themselves as certain particular issues that might be standing in the way of them ruling for that party. And, and they want to test that party's uh, you know, the sufficiency, of their arguments, how well they've uh, uh, thoroughly looked at uh, all the precedents and all the possible angles to it. And I have to say that um, even even uh, Katanji uh, uh, Brown Jackson uh, did an excellent job in, in her questioning, as well as, uh, frankly, the three liberal justices, Kagan, not Sotomayor, not so much. I think she's she seems like she's uh, she would just go with the uh, go with Colorado and uh you know go with the, the take trump down position and uh, maybe she's got a partisan underpinning to that i don't know but i have to say that when you compare the to the two questions and the uh questioning sessions and the way they uh dissected each each side's argument 
you see how basically the Colorado case or the Colorado uh, arguments for uh, basically having the states individually allowed, first of all, just no, no set standard as to what an insurrection is, allowing the states to decide this individually and then have potential conflicts uh, come to come to the, you know, where you could have uh, 50 different states making 50 different decisions as to the presidential candidates or the sufficiency of a presidential candidate. Um, and not just as to the core, uh, what they call categorical qualifications in the constitution of the presidency, which would be, you have to be age 35, you have to be a natural born citizen, you know, pretty simple stuff really, um, versus this, uh, this later uh, clause in the uh, 14th amendment, section three, which provides for uh, the disqualification from holding office of quote an insurrectionist, and you know every aspect of that dis every excuse me every aspect of that clause is fraught with uh, with uh, ambiguities at minimum, if not uh, just clear. Uh, uh, in the case of the officer argument, just it just it's just absolutely uh, does not or exempts doesn't doesn't include the president, so. Um, each the justices very i mean it, it was like a well-oiled machine i have to say i i've much more confidence in the court after listening to these arguments or listening to their questioning than i did uh going into it um they they basically took each argument one of which i mentioned was the officer clause which is that the president is not an officer of the united states which that argument uh is uh basically substantiated by the fact that they list specific officers uh, who would be as qualified, you know, in the event of being found to have uh, committed insurrection. So there's that. And and they they basically took it from many different angles to show that the president is not an officer of the United States. As I've often said before, it's like saying the judge is an employee of the court or a, a an officer of the court when the judge is the court, uh, you know, analogously. Of course, they didn't raise that as an analogy, but that that's how I would simplify it to someone who was uh, I was trying to explain this to now. And the other the other aspect is the de definition of insurrection and, and the rules of evidence and what procedure or process would be used by any given state to determine that. And I think Justice Kavanaugh absolutely just laid in and bored in at the end and said, well, hold on a second. We have federal law, uh, uh, which in which Congress basically criminalized insurrection. Uh, you know, it's a federal offense, it's a federal felony. And that if you want to exempt somebody or excuse me, you want to disqualify somebody from appearing on a presidential ballot, uh, anywhere under the insurrection, uh, this insurrection clause that you would have to convict them of insurrection. And that would make total sense because, I mean, I think, uh, you know, they, they didn't they didn't uh, exactly take it from this angle. But what I would have argued was that, uh, you know, this in insurrection, we have no other uh, reference point as to defining it other than what the federal code would provide as Congress was Congress's uh, prerogative to define it. And they defined it as a federal crime, not as a civil offense or not something that could be just uh, determined in a civil uh, trial with a lower standard of proof, uh, meaning the preponderance of the evidence or clear and convincing versus beyond reasonable doubt. So in other words, Colorado, in my opinion, is essentially deeming by by this uh, civil uh, proceeding, they're deeming President Trump to be an insurrectionist, which is a criminal uh, criminal offense. It's a criminal designation and thus punishing him uh, uh, on that basis and not you know removing him from the ballot and saying he can he's not qualified to serve as president um and ultimately this was all pulled sort of wrapped together in the questions that concerned uh the the inequalities or the inequities or the excuse me the unequal na nature of 
different states making these decisions and the different burdens of proof uh, where, where you could have two different states hold two different proceedings uh, to determine whether you know Trump is an insurrectionist. I mean, right now they have Colorado went through this whole process, but another state, say Kentucky or something, could decide they want to have a process to uh, to determine this matter. And they have a totally different standard of proof. They develop a totally different record um, and they come to a different determination, which is he's not an insurrectionist. So when that goes up to the high court, for example, to be uh, weighed, how does the court determine which uh, which record is correct or which uh, you know burden of proof or standards of proof were uh, applicable? And should, for example, Colorado's decision on that have the effect of being having to be adopted by the other 49 states? In other words, the bottom line is that it's a mess if we let these states individually determine this, uh, this especially uh, considering it's such a subjective matter. It's not a matter of whether you're 35 years of age or not, whether you are a natural born citizen. I think those are very simple, uh, you know, straightforward and again, categorical qualifications for the presidency. But in this case, I mean, what's an insurrectionist? What's an officer of the court? How do you determine that? These, these are things that uh, when you're talking about a national office, particularly the presidency, this can't be left to the states and and to create a mess where you could potentially have an election where uh, the winning candidate or one of the major candidates uh, accepted by the national parties and and you know known to be such within the states even uh, is not on the ballot in, in half the states or a number of the states and you know this could happen actually where uh, Donald Trump could be excluded from some of these states. But guess what? He doesn't need to win those states. He's not going to win Colorado. He's not going to win Hawaii. He's not going to win likely Maine. Although you don't want to leave anything off the table, I think he could still win without them. But it would create the it would create the if he did win, it would certainly hoist them on their own petards because, uh, you know, they, they would uh, they would have created a situation where he's elected by only a portion of the states or only stood for election of the portion of the states and still won. And that would be beautiful. But uh, be that as it may, it looked to me like the Supreme Court is absolutely absolutely headed towards, uh, I would hope, a nine to zero but it, at probably the worst, an eight to one decision in this matter. And I suspect they'll use the officer provision uh, because they don't want to get into the substance of defining particular aspects other than uh, meaning the insurrection part. I think that's that's the substantive part of the case, whereas the uh, more procedural and technical is the officer aspect and saying that, look, he's not an officer. It doesn't apply to him. And that would basically knock it out of the, the uh, out of any uh, future possible use by the states because if he's not an officer, it doesn't apply to him, boom, there's no, the, the insurrection clause doesn't apply. They don't have to worry about getting to that issue. So that's just my quick uh, quick legal analysis. And I would say, if you really wanna hear some great uh, questioning from from the Supreme Court, and and I think they did a great job at each one of them. Uh, I know some of them are liberals and and some of them are not, but uh, boy, I tell you what, they, they really know their stuff and uh, I, I have much more confidence in this matter and I would hope they would come out with the right decision. So we are going to have Matt Baker on the other side of a little commercial break we're going to take here. You're watching The Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk. Stay with us. TNT's Mark Morano. This just in. We have a new way that's proven effective in dealing with climate protesters who deign to block highways, streets, and other public areas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this appears to be the most effective way. We have a uh, we have a field shot, a correspondent on the scene. Let's go to clip four and take a look at how to deal with climate protesters when they block your way on your morning commute. I don't want to see protests shut down. 
But obviously, when you're blocking traffic and you're doing that, you need to be dealt with. I thought this was a great vigilante way of dealing with it. Mark Morano on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. One reason people tune in to TNT Radio is often because they're loyal to a specific show or personality. Our personalities have been a part of people's daily routine, and people continue to tune in. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Internet. Internet. A stream online. TNTradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Well, I want to make a quick, uh, get a quick announcement in here before we bring the great Matt Baker on, my my good friend, and as I said, my spirit animal. Uh, <laughs> and it's that uh, uh, last December, Julian Assange, uh, uh, he had a two-day public hearing that uh, was announced. Excuse me. There was a two-day public hearing announced for him for this month on the 20th and the 21st. And the, how this hearing comes out in the UK High Court is going to determine whether uh, he has permission to re- to appeal his decision, the decision that went against him uh, concerning uh, the possibility of being extradited, and whether he's going to uh, actually be extradited to the United States, which unfortunately would be a grim result for Mr. Assange. That being said, TNT will absolutely be at the Royal Court of Justice covering this uh, around the clock. It will be uh, we will have correspondence around London. Uh, doing analysis and interviews and uh, covering this this major event, frankly, uh, in international relations and in the freedom of the press uh, and, and injustice itself, because, uh, as I've said, and I'll say it again, Julian Assange, is, Julian Assange is a hero and what has been done to him is despicable and the people who've done it should be the ones behind bars. So uh, just look for TNT's coverage uh, and we'll again, they'll be broadcasting from London uh, uh, live and uh, they'll be lighting. We excuse me, we. Well, I'm, I'm new, so we'll be lighting the fuse for freedom uh, here at uh, today's News Talk. My guest, Matt Baker, uh, I want to welcome him. Uh, Matt is a viral uh, Internet uh, sensation, and he is a brawler. He is uh, absolutely a warrior for liberty and justice and against the uh, the real the real the, the scum of the earth. And I hate that. I don't think of a better term. Uh, the globalist uh, authoritarians, the the uh, deceivers, whatever have you, all the people who've put us through all the uh, the the hell that we've been through, uh, whether it be COVID-19, whether it be stolen elections, whether it be uh, overseas uh, wars and interventions. And uh, he is he's come out and and has taken taken the gloves off. No more of the niceties for the criminals. Matt, welcome to uh, welcome to the show. Great to see you, Tyler. Looking good, man. I feel bad. I should have put my steely on for you. Yeah, like I said, I, it's, I work for you, buddy. Work for you. I was almost so, going to put a tie dye on. Well, you yeah. know, Matt and I uh, share uh, uh, the uh, love of the Grateful Dead, and of course, uh, you know, that's uh, he looks more like a deadhead than I do. I'd say I, I always got this. I always got the hard stares from guys like you who look like you when I went to concerts. He's a fed. Yes, He's exactly, exactly, Duke. Well, I was in the <laughs> army, man. I had like the short hair. Absolutely, they they would be like questioning me. They'd be asking me, you know, would name five songs, and I I would rattle them <laughs> off. And they'd think, wow, this Fed's really well briefed, you know. Yeah, these anyway. Feds are getting better, man. <laughs> yeah. So, exactly. um, but hey, yeah. uh, listen. Do you um, have any marijuana that I can purchase for twenty dollars? Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Let, uh, what is this? Uh, you know, so do you have any of this lysergic acid diethylamide? I'm looking for a uh, it's some blotter. 
Yeah, exactly. No, you could always tell the you could always tell the cops in the parking lot though. I mean, they'd have a fresh yeah. tie dye. They were some like fifty year old goon with like a you know a, a, like a uh, what do you call it a, a Tom Selleck Magnum PI mustache. You know, and it was like get get the hell out of here. You know, it's, yeah. it's funny. It was sort of self uh, self regulating in that scene. You know, because you could you could tell who was really. Yeah, you know, and like, obviously I looked that way, but I mean, you know, I wasn't presenting any problems to anybody and I didn't care, you know, it was like, whatever. I mean, I just have to say there were some, you'll never meet a snobbier, snootier person than a headier than thou deadhead. I mean, it's honestly, you think, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've uh, you know, been around blue bloods who are, who are more friendly and inviting, but uh, True. that being said, I, I get why I get why, but um, no, it's, 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 uh, it was a traveling circus and a, and a total freak show and, and, a, and a lovable freak show in some ways, although they did trash the hell out of some towns and got to where the dead towards the end, there were a lot of places they couldn't play anymore, which was kind of, kind of, kind of sad really. So, uh, but um, well, well, let's, I, I've said, you know, I've been on this, this enough. I want to hear about, I want to hear about your background, Matt, because I, you know, you're, you fascinate me because you sort of came out of nowhere but I know you've always been, I'm sure you didn't just, you weren't, you know, fully, you didn't become fully formed as soon as Anthony Fauci was on the scene. I'm sure you probably, <laughs> you probably raged behind the scenes just like I would, you know, except you took it finally public. And uh, really, I think you channeled the, the the outrage of so many people. I know you did with me when you, that first appearance, when you just ripped into that, uh, it was a city council, was it? Yeah, board of supervisors, basically the same thing. You know, everyone's got these board of supervisors and, and uh, there really are running things a lot more than you think. You might think the, the mayor is running stuff or uh, city council, but the board of supervisors, they're, they're like the little uh, Gestapo's, the, the, commissars the, that are put the in by bureau, the right? Yeah, they're under the radar. No one's like, oh, the board of supervisors. It sounds so innocuous. But yeah, after my second uh, trip to when I went uh, viral in Arizona, I saw how these uh, these places are almost run exactly the same one to another. Even the guy that says thank you for your comment is like the same guy dresses. <laughs> this. It's like it's like, a, you know, they're, it's like they're a, clones. Yeah, it's almost like it's a play where they have the guy who's this is the tough guy. This is the this is the Republican pretending to stand up for gun rights. And because they do, they have a guy they'll bring out like, oh, we're trying to cut down gun rights. And he'll be like, oh, I don't think it's a good idea. And, you know, it's our constitution. And then when it comes to the vote, they all just go unanimous. You'll yeah. find uh, if you go to your city, uh, your board of supervisors, you'll find. I don't want to exaggerate, but I think it's safe to say 95% of anything that goes on the docket passes like everything that they put through and they'll have their little argument. They'll talk back and forth and then they'll hear the public 90% of the time will outcry against whatever they're trying to push. Hmm. And then they just go ahead and ignore it. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and you're, you're totally, you're, you're absolutely. and, And it's so funny because I, it, similarly with like uh, corruption within these, these uh, I used to battle the city council in Wilmington, Delaware, when I lived there for, mm-hmm. for years. And that city government was, I mean, there was so much corruption and patronage and just, you know, but I used to say, because I, I would uh, experience it, like in, you'd experience the same thing in Washington, D.C., some of the larger metropolitan cities. And it's probably a little different out West, but I, I literally said it a certain moment. I'm like, is there a manual that these people go off of, like the, the, the handbook, Mayor Daly's handbook of corruption or something, or like how to, how to run a, you know, a totally corrupt, totally autocratic, you know, thieving city council and city government, you know, mm-hmm. uh, section one, you know, and, and I swear to God, because it was always the same kind of like uh, the way they, exa- exactly what you say, the way they would sort of dismiss anybody and and if you raised like constitutional issues they'd be like 
well, it, you know, it was almost like you're, oh, well, you know, you're, you're just, you're just a, uh, you're, you're an agitator. You're, yeah. yeah, you're, you're exactly. You're, you're some kind of whack job. You're one of these, uh, what do they call them? The, the free citizens or these people who are, uh, <laughs> sovereign citizen, baby. Sovereign citizen. Yes, <laughs> exactly. My friend told me there's no such thing as a sovereign citizen. Cause if you're a sovereign, you're not a citizen. So there's that. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Citizen is subject to a sovereign, right? Exactly. exactly. He's on another level. Prince my smart, man. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. He doesn't even have a driver's license. You know, he's just like, I'm not, I'm a free man traveling. You know, they've got the whole, the whole spiel going on about, you know, how we've basically been sold out into a corporation and everything. I mean, I, I don't go that far, even though I believe that stuff. I think there's certain battles we could pick. Although I think if everybody did live their way, their life that way, I think we'd be in a lot better shape. I think we just woke up in the last few years to just how crazy and insane this whole thing's been. We've kind of been just in this bath of like opium, just like, oh, huh. it's not so bad, you know? And then when COVID came along, everyone's like, oh my God, this is really happening. They're really doing it. And when we went up to test the edges of it, we realized how prickly this uh, this little beast is. You know, if you really want, I know you were interested. So in my origin story. So, yeah, yeah, please. Uh, so, um. I was born in San Francisco, but I didn't really have any memories of that. My parents were both Irish. They're actually uh, they traveled here and they uh, emigrated legally, very legally. Perfect. Took them years. My my father spent a uh, uh, hundred thousand dollars in legal fees to uh, to emigrate to, to, here to get. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm sure that I'm sure they're uh, they're still they're still alive and and you're in touch with well, them. My mother, unfortunately, she passed away. And and my oh, father, sorry. actually, as he got older, decided he wanted to just move back to the old country. So he lives in Dublin. <laughs> and uh, as a result, I traveled around the world quite a bit. So uh, my when I was younger, my parents went back to Ireland and then they lived in England and then they traveled through Europe. And I actually was the youngest child to ever cross the Sahara Desert. <clears throat> and wow. So, let me ask you I this think, real quick. Do you, do you have dual yeah. citizenship? I, I don't actually. I could. I probably could get it if I if I applied for it, but I've just never needed to do it. I always were there short enough or just in and out sure. of the loopholes. Things were, were not quite as bad. But one thing I will tell you is I heard somebody saying uh, today, it's like, there's no border in the world. It's as ridiculous as the American border. It, it, it's true. Like when we traveled through Africa uh, as a as a young kid, like we all had our passports and I have an old passport somewhere that's got just hundreds of stamps on it from around the world. Everywhere you went, there was a border and everywhere yeah. they you would be subject to search and seizure. And and every every time you went, you were like, oh, my God, we're going through the border. It was never easy. It was never chill because all the people always carrying guns. And you're always wondering, even and, even in some desolate middle of nowhere, yeah, right? Middle of freaking nowhere, and they're in the garden that border. And they're checking your passports and they're checking your stuff. And they're I'm not looking you up on computers. I don't even know how they looked people up back then. I guess they just looked to see if your stamps or your your paperwork looked pretty legit, and if you were yeah. fidgeting or whatever, you know, like like I'm trying to break into Niger or Chad in Africa. I know, you know? Yeah, they think yeah. they'd be like, "Come on in, bro," you know, like like yeah, whatever you've got, we need it. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like. Yeah. You know, because we weren't rich, but, you know, looking trying to back sneak on into, it, I'm trying to sneak into Rwanda. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, looking back on it, we had a Land Rover, you know, and, and we had, you know, jerry cans and we had stuff. So in a way, like some of these places we were in Africa, we were like traveling in a spaceship. So it's like kind of surprising, actually, that we didn't get attacked or, you know, it's a testament to the human human race. Actually, there's a, everyone gets a bad rap around the world because 
we're just these white people in the middle of nowhere with no guns. And they could have just yeah. easily just told us, get out of the car, stole our, our Land Rover and all our stuff. And uh, and they didn't. You know, we actually got put up. Uh, even Muslims would like take us into their houses and uh, and feed us and stuff. And, and, and Christians would, too. And just random people in different countries around the world. Very almost to a T everyone was very opening to the, to the, to the random traveler. So I have well, a, I think sad, a, sadly like acts of kindness like that. You don't hear that. Those aren't the horror stories that you wanted, you know, that those don't get the sensation. It's always, about, Oh my God, they were hijacked and held hostage. That's, you know, that's what you hear about, but so many more acts of kindness and, and generosity and, and warmth from people around the world as, as most humans are, frankly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, um, it's the governments really that are the problem and the governments are the ones that start the wars. Usually the people have no intention on going to war and then the governments will, as we now know, set up false flags or some story about someone getting raped or beheaded or whatever. And a lot of these things just turn out to be completely fake um, and not to go too off on a tangent, but um, basically um, my parents being Irish and back then there was still tension between England and Ireland with the IRA and trying to get there, uh, you know, so I would go to go to school in England and the, and there, everyone would be hating the Irish people. And they'd be like telling stories like, oh, they rape and they do this. And then you go to Ireland and they'd be like, oh, they're like this. And so you'd watch the news on the different countries saying two different things and then start traveling to other countries and hear how every country is the best country and how everybody, every other country's enemy is the worst people. And just started becoming immune to propaganda, basically, and and just being able to hear, you know, it's like a certain tone. You can just hear right. it once yeah. they start talking about raping and beheading and their animals and they don't <laughs> they're not humans. And you're just like, OK, I can hear this like um, so when, when they when they uh, can't they can't acknowledge the other side has possibly has some grievances or vice versa. You know, yeah. that's that's when well, they know. have no when point. It's, they're it's just, just it's all or nothing, black thing. and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dehumanized. You can't talk to them. Yeah, that's what's going on in uh, with Israel right now in in uh, in Palestine. I don't know where you stand on that, but personally, I mean, that whole situation. We'll get into it later, but um, yeah. But basically, so so the propaganda situation, seeing propaganda, and then um, when I was younger, I smoked a lot of weed, and that was illegal. And I actually became part of. I, I would go to uh, hemp rallies. And we had uh, we had a song called the bong song that we would go and play. And, <laughs> and I would scream and yell, has anybody seen my bong? So maybe that was a proto me. And funnily enough, now weed is legal in most areas. And and uh, people always say protesting has no effect. But I, I think they're completely wrong because no, I, I think I, the COVID thing basically stopped or a lot of it. The pullback was really because the whole globe was really starting to get angry. If you notice, like the trucker convoys in Canada and then the trucker convoy in America was, was starting to build. And then the next day it was the word convoy was stolen by the, there's a Russian convoy. If you look up convoy, all you would see is Russian convoy, Russian convoy. And then hmm. we were, then we were in that war and then COVID was over. And then, you know, yeah. now, now yeah. nobody cares about that. And it's on to Israel and, and, and the uh, Red Sea. Matt, so. I'm going to, we just got to do a quick little uh, news, news break here for about a minute. Uh, and we'll come right back and just so hold that thought. Uh, you're watching the Tyler Nixon show on today's news talk. Uh, oh, 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 here's some more potentially bad news. TNT radio news for TNT. This is James O'Neill. The Supreme Court is scheduled to review whether former President Donald Trump is disqualified for the 2024 presidential race and if his name should be excluded from the Colorado ballot during a 2021 G7 summit recount. 
President Joe Biden mistakenly mentioned meetings with former German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, who passed away in 2017, and French President Francois Mitterrand, who died in 1996. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Getting right back into the conversation with Matt Baker. Uh, I tell you, Matt, you really you nail it. You nail it. And this is why I just have such respect for you. Um, in addition to your courage is you're articulate and you just really boil it down. And no, you, you, you're absolutely right. I think what happened was with uh, COVID, it was like the mask was ripped off the control freaks amongst us. You know, we've seen all our share of Karens and these people, but we, we didn't realize how far they would take it. And I think this really exposed and, and, and awakened a lot of people to like, holy crap, these people will go this far. And, and knowing even worse, not even that it's, that it's all hoax. I mean, it was all BS, let's face it. I mean, yes, it was a, yes, it was a legitimate uh, affliction, but I mean, the, 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 the way they inflated the numbers, you would, and I went around that I refused in Denver and was on Infowars, like defying the mayor. Uh, and, you know, and by the way, Matt, for those of you who don't know, is now a contrib uh, contributor, regular contributor at Infowars uh, and does great work over there. So if you want to check him out there, that's a great place to catch uh, catch all his videos and his uh, sort of guerrilla activism. But, you know, I defied it and said, uh, I mean, there was no basis for it. And also the, everybody treated it like it was the Black Death or something. I mean, you know, obviously you're going to have deaths in the first round, but it was no more than a flu was. Um, and it was just insanity. And it was just, a, a, you know, mass psychosis. I remember what they called mass formation psychosis. It was absolutely what it was. And it, and I, unfortunately, I think it awakened a lot of people that, you know, we're really on, on a tenuous, I mean, our liberties uh, and, and the whole society, the whole, the whole, uh, you know, sort of coherence and the ability of people to get along and have a, a common set of principles or common set of like re re a common reality that we share uh, is really like strained by people like this who are so willing. First of all, I think you have just the, the total bootlickers who are willing to su submit to that without even questioning it. Then you have the minders who are like, you know, oh, you better go, you know, they'll shame you for not going along. Then you have the control freaks. And then up beyond that, the total authoritarian uh, lunatics, the, you know, the absolute uh, dictatorship uh, tyranny types. But whatever the case, I think, you know, they all were exposed. And again, you played a huge part. You're absolutely right. Protest your what you did in that in that uh, board of supervisors, that viral video. I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. And it's so true. Courage is contagious. Uh, when you see someone stepping out and saying the things that you believe and they're fearless, that that puts that put, puts courage in you. And you did this probably unwittingly, but I hope you've heard from a lot of people. I'm going to be one to tell you right now, your courage was contagious, man. And, and it really did make a difference. And I think it showed other people that, that they can make a difference, too. So um, have you heard from a lot of people, uh, you know, like like that who said, hey, you inspired me? I, I'm You must you must hear from them. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be honest, it's probably the proudest moment in my entire life. Um, you know, I've had some viral moments after that, but um, I really felt like that particular one was the entire world. There may be another one that will come up that will have as, as much of, of an impact, but I think I don't think that moment will ever be relived. But um, 
Of course, uh, lots and lots of people everywhere. I mean, I'm I'm actually like semi-famous. Like if I go to the grocery store, like, you know, I'll run into people who are like, oh, you're the guy, like even to this day. You're an icon, that, that, dude. The, uh, you're an icon. Up. Seriously. And the, well, the thing that trips me out is, is that we were all under that mass formation psychosis and it, and people forget and people can't forget. Like, don't forget, we were literally in a Black Mirror episode. When you turned on your TV, it was mask, mask, COVID, COVID, mask, mask, COVID, COVID. Like you couldn't turn it off. You Every commercial was the vaccine. Every commercial was, people were wearing the masks in commercials. People were wearing yeah. them on the TV shows, on the news. All the pol politicians were wearing them. You open your door and people are walking around with, it was freaky and frightening and crazy. And the thing was, is the whole world was feeling themselves get put into this, uh, this trap. And it was freaky to me that the reason why that went so viral was because I said what everyone else was thinking. But what's right. really crazy is, is how can there be that many people thinking that? And I'm the only one saying it. That's the weird part. That's like, yeah, wow. that, no, that shows scary. you just like how well they've just done this mind control where it was like, oh, my God, we should say something. We should say something. And I'm like, how many ever billion people on planet Earth? I'm just like, this has got to stop. And it's <laughs> like, yes. And I mean, if you really look at it, that it, that kind of was the high watermark of the entire thing. It was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And then they played it on everything. They played it on. um Colbert report and on Trevor Noah and all that. And of course they were making fun of it, but nonetheless, it, it got into people's psyche. Yeah. Yeah. And people really started going, yes, it's true. It's true. And, um, and it, it gave a lot of people uh, inspiration to actually fight against it. Obviously I wasn't the only one. There was a lot of great people around the world in Canada, obviously huge that little later on down the road. Um, I think that they were doing stuff, but um, there was people in Australia and people in England. I had been uh, building basically an international network of, of anti-mask, anti-vax people because it, there were so few and far between locally. I was like trying to find local people. I did later find them, but at the time I couldn't find them. And so I had friends like Smoking Joe McHale in Australia. If you ever, have, if you ever get a chance, get him on. You ever hear of him? Uh I'm sure I've heard him. I've been pretty, I mean, I'd heard some, a lot of people broadcasting out of Australia because uh, by the way, the TNT is based on, you know, this network's based in Australia and boy, I mean, did they have it rough? I mean, I, I it was like turned into a, a prison country. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, it was, I guess, a penal colony technically, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, really was, I mean, the, the way that the, they're, they're, uh, the prime minister, and I'm sorry for, for everybody listening in, I guess your the country, but I mean, your prime minister was a despicable. This woman was just, I mean, she was like a, a villainous, unlike, I mean, she Were was you talking about Jacinda. That was New, New Zealand, right? Oh, was it New Zealand? Well, that was, was Jacinda. Maybe, I forgot the name. No, of no, maybe, the, you're, the, no, no maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it was New Zealand. I'm thinking of, yeah, but it wasn't. I mean, Australia, I remember hearing like a, sort of broadcasts of well i mean they were bullying people in australia too the police were really oh, yeah. heavy-handed but they were straight up arresting they were people. cracking they had, people's they had... heads yeah for not wearing masks like like in the streets like i mean you know busting people's heads in and i yeah it was they it had full-on uh, concentration camps there they actually had the the places where they were putting people that you know and if they were like talking out too bad they're like you'll stay here longer if you don't you know <laughs> oh that's like, right yeah 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 they had those people come yeah. out and they're like oh look i'm wearing the mask you know and and <laughs> like literally coming by to see that they're wearing the mask all the time so it's smoking joe what's what's the name again smoking joe McHale. joe McHale. Okay. uh yeah he's, uh, we'll put he's me in a, touch with him i'd love to have him on yeah 
he's a jujitsu guy. He led a bunch of the marches down there and he's really funny, very entertaining, super articulate, crazy wild man. He's, he's freaking awesome. I feel like blood brothers with him. And then, you know, you got Chris sky in uh in Canada and uh, oh, yeah. there's a, yeah. uh, there's, um, Remisi music was doing anti anti-vaccine songs in England. And so I was like creating this network of people. It was really crazy that we all came together and saw, saw that the truth It's so funny because you think everybody who's got like a pickup truck and American flag and like a gun rack or something would be like who, who your brothers were. But as it turned out, a lot of these people just put the mask on and took the vaccine and were total bootlickers. And you've got like yeah. random pink haired people or some black shaved head Jamaican guy in England or like a, 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 a an Egyptian guy in 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 uh, Australia and locally here, this chick who's like pink hair and you think she was a leftist and you just never know who the people are who are who actually can see through the matrix. It's really weird. Yeah, uh, it's like, cool right. though. It's it's so like it's so uh, um, empowering when you realize that like, hey, I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be a certain type of person to to share these values with people who are totally different from around the world or from whatever from my community. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and 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 really, I mean, let's face it, the desire for liberty, I think, binds people together more and and creates those bonds than than frankly just being obedient you know like okay well ooh, i'll just submit you know let me let me put the mask on and take the shit take the jab and blah 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 and you know that i think definitely that again you're standing up and standing out speaking out uh empowered so many people and i think what it is is, is what they it wasn't so much that that people were uh i mean yes people were uh, there weren't a lot of people speaking out on it but i think what it is is there was uncertainty and but once you break through that uncertainty about like someone's willing to step up and say, you know what, this is BS. I'm not having this anymore. I think there's sort of like a sort of tentativeness on most people's parts. But once you like someone's willing to step up and say, you know what, this is BS. I'm not having this anymore. I think there's sort of like a sort of tentativeness on most people's parts. But once you break through, I mean, you're right. Yeah. You're, it was like the high watermark when you made that speech. Man, after that, like the floodgates opened in terms of protests. So, like, I think you your impact was huge, man. Let me let me yeah, just uh, I tell you what. Uh, I had no idea it was going to happen like that. <clears throat> I had no plan on gonna, it. I had no idea. Didn't write the speech. But just all yeah, I know. All but it was so moment. like I mean, I must have watched it a hundred times. My brother and I just laughed because the way he did it was so poetic too. It was just like artistic, yeah. and it was like you know the the. the you, the, I mean, yeah. well, I'll tell you what. When, I came I, when up with that you. right when I was in the line. The whistling part came okay, to me while I was in the yeah, line of speakers. That was the weirdest part, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the best, man. It's like with Jerry. Some of the improvisation. I mean, that's, you know, like the, yeah. the, the, the jams are where it's at, right? Um, well, uh, you know, so, I used to, uh, when I was doing traveling around doing the doing the um, marijuana legalization back in the day, I had a buddy, this guy, uh, Kaloha Cruiser Roo, the funniest name of all time, super <laughs> good guitar player. And we used to just freestyle all the time. That was my favorite thing. I, I call it rallying. So I was used to just play a play a song and give me a topic and I would just go. So I guess nice. that had given me some confidence to just be like, I can just speak without needing to to pre-plan it, you know. So that I think that, well, that helps because I think when you're looking at a paper or you're trying to re-read a speech. I think it loses a little something there. So no, no, no doubt, no doubt. Plus, I think also being like the youngest person ever crossed the Sahara <clears> Desert, <throat> you know, you probably had some confidence built into you at a young age, certainly. <laughs> so listen, yeah. we're going to take a we're going to we're going to take a commercial break and let you you take a break there for a minute uh, for a couple minutes, uh, and uh, we'll we'll be right back after that with Matt Baker. But you're watching uh, the, the Tyler Nixon Show on uh, today's News Talk. Don't go away. 
Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week when Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late-term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go. What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected, wants to be able to, wants, want women to be able to make those deeply, deeply personal decisions on their bodies, on their own, not politicians. That's what majority of Americans want to see. And so the president's going to stand with majority of Americans on this issue. Do those unborn babies have any rights then? I'm not going to get into that specific. I'm not going to get into that question. Rights for unborn babies? What are you, mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup, May of last year. Only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%, a majority, 64% say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Karine Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Malsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT. Sometimes a car comes along that changes everything. With innovations never thought possible and features that make you wonder, how did people survive without this? This is that time and this is that car. This is the world's first DWB. Equipped with transparent doors to eliminate reasonable suspicion, whatever that means. A 10 and 2 steering wheel that keeps hands visible at all times. We remove the glove box so there's no confusion about what the driver is reaching for. With a touch of a button, the ultrasonic biometric scanner displays the license and registration of the driver to ensure contactless exchange of information. With no trunk, nothing can be concealed, so therefore, there is nothing to search and seize. To ensure you will never be mistaken for breaking the speed limit, we've installed limited edition airless tires, and we remove the engine because, honestly, why risk it? DWB, the first vehicle of its kind, where the safety feature is the car itself. I have a feeling these are the suspects in question. The two occupants look like uh, the people involved in the armed robbery. I'm approaching the vehicle. Request backup. The driver matches the description because of a wide set nose. We all know what it's like to feel alone. But it just takes one new connection. Wanna get out of here? To empower many. This is unbelievable. It doesn't take a superhero to bring forces together. We all have the power to reach out. Let's go! And help someone feel like they belong. Pretty cool, huh? We are stronger together. Tyler Nixon on today's News Talk TNT. My guest here today on TNT, Matt Baker, and uh, we're going to jump right back into the conversation. We got the origin story uh, down and we talked about the sort of the background. And I think we're going to talk a little bit about current events, about today's events. And uh, look, 
President Trump is is making a, a just an amazing comeback. I think uh, what you're talking about, what you mentioned, Matt, with everybody waking up, uh, this is this is becoming. This will be not a landslide. This will be an avalanche for President Trump in November. Um, and he just, I mean, he is rolling over his opposition like any, un, any, unlike anything I've ever seen in American politics in the forty years I've been involved. But uh, you know, he's got all these, he's got all these pitchers though on his trail with the lawfare stuff. Um, you live in, you live in California, in, in San Diego. So, um, what do you see? I mean, do you see, uh, do you feel that out in the sort of out in the hustings, out in the streets? Do you, do you feel like that, like a shift? that uh, people are fed up with it all and, and that they want to go back to President Trump or what's, uh, what, you know, you have your ear to the ground. What's what's shaking out there? Well, I mean, we are in San Diego, so let's not yeah. get carried away here. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> San Diego isn't the worst. Like San Francisco is definitely, you know, we're uh, definitely a little bit more right leaning down here. But, you know, I live yeah. in Ocean Beach. It's it's a very hippie town. We have our local Grateful Dead uh, cover band has been playing for like the last 30 years, every Monday straight, which is awesome. You know, that will give you an idea, you know, so we but we do have a military presence here. And because of the border, I think it, it, it opens people's minds. I mean, I just got back from the from the from the um, border rally uh, and and the energy was high there. Everybody was pumped. But to get into this lawfare thing. I mean, man, if we can't stop this stuff, it's it's just out of control. The, you know what I find funny? Nobody really notices when they when they and when the leftists were first saying it was an insurrection, it was an insurrection. We all kind of just let that slide, kind of like a laugh, like, oh, here they go with the insurrection again. <laughs> we should have been a lot harder on fighting that word because if there's anything you know about leftists, is they just love using language like like they don't actually. It's all built like on like a legal argument. Nothing is actually yeah. based on yeah. the truth. So the whole time when they were putting that insurrection thing in everybody's head, I don't know how nobody foresaw that they were going to pull out this. Oh, all of a sudden they say he can't be president because because of the insurrection law. No, like literally nobody was talking about that when they were bringing that up. That was some seriously short sighted stuff. But like I said, and I've ranted recently, <clears throat> Alex Jones retweeted. If it was an insurrection, the people would have brought the guns. Yes, I mean, give thank you. me a break, dude. Yeah, yeah. they, they want to make them. It exactly. was coordinated, highly coordinated. Yeah, you're telling me the people, the right wing people in, in, in America have more guns. Than yeah, the most heavily else. armed people on the planet. And yeah. it's unarmed. And it's, it's like they're trying to make an unconvicted <laughs> felon of them. And they're trying to say it's an unarmed insurrection. It's it's such laughable crap. But but yeah, now go go on. And, and they never we never really took the term seriously. We we're just like eh, insurrection. We just thought it was funny that they kept saying it. But the thing was, is they weren't laughing at all. They were just drilling that through linguistic programming into everyone's yeah. head. So when they say, look, the law says you, you even though he wasn't convicted of insurrection and nobody was convicted of insurrection. And by any stance, if trust me, <laughs> if the right wing wanted to overthrow the government, I'm pretty yeah. sure they would bring some guns and if they really did i mean it would be you know it would have been well, a as, a, as alex likes uh, yeah as alex likes to say listen brother if the if the civil war if it really kicks off you'll know it and he's talking to, yeah. he was telling this to that guy in the debate what's his name uh leftist sort of a you know it's oh, all yeah. soft yeah yeah you know what i'm talking about that debate where the crass I and seen guys or it wasn't yeah the yeah there's was those the two guy, and, and that yeah is. that other one whatever his name yeah. is and, and he said he said brother you know, if it kicks off, he's he like, grabs him. He's like, let me tell you. Yeah, exactly. He's like, don't worry. He's like, he, he, I love it because you know he's, he's totally right. He's totally right. Yeah. And I will say though, there there were some of us 
who, I mean, I saw it right at the outset. I said, oh my God, because I, like I've been in politics long enough and I've, I've known these, you know, watching, I've been unfortunately exposed to these Democrats on a political level for the last 40 years. So like my BS detector, I mean, I saw Bill Clinton coming. I was like, this guy is the biggest bullsh, bullsh, you know, you know what artist. <laughs> and then Barack Obama came along. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to top Bill Clinton. Um, you know, yeah. and, and it's just been, and immediately when they were, I said, this is too, this is too preloaded, meaning like they weren't even barely just breached the Capitol. It was like, oh my God, this is the worst and you know, the worst thing that's ever happened. They're trying to overthrow the guy, oh, you know, and, and yeah. the whole, it was so diabolical. The whole thing was staged and frankly, they got what they wanted, which was the, the, uh, what they, the main objective with that and uh, not the long-term objective obviously was what you're, you know, what you said, paint Trump as an insurrectionist. They have to, they have to unfortunately, uh, basically convict a bunch of innocent people and paint uh, like this mob that, that, uh, that they've, of people that are being held in the gulag in order to have you know the insurrection that he was supposedly uh incited but moreover they got the objections stopped and they got the any of any sort of uh scrutiny that was going to happen in the senate on the election that, that was so horrific you know when i yeah when i saw that like imagine imagine you uh your wife is raped and you're in the court and and they're gonna go and they're gonna say what whether your wife was raped or not <clears throat> and then the husband snaps and like throw something at the guy and said, well, we're not even going to take the case anymore. I know. <laughs> exactly. It's like, so because a few people did what you could say they were enticed into doing, or maybe they did by themselves. Now the entire country loses our due process. And then you tell me who stood to gain when they just yeah. completely throw due process completely out the window and say, well, then we're not even going to look at it anymore because you guys are mean. And they were so scared that they actually finished the session the same day later that day and went, and then they had that done. And then they, they basically stole the election the way we all saw it going down on, on the, all the uh, fake ballots. But, the, but worse, yeah, they're, they're worse. They just totally destroyed the opportunity to put all the evidence that we knew existed <clears throat> that all the Democrats, 61 trials and he can be blah, blah, blah. And it was thrown out of court and the, every court ruled against him and has been, you know, they never heard evidence. They, I mean, that's, I, yeah. this is, I mean, it, bad enough that all these courts, look, I understand them not, no judge necessarily wanting to step in and be the, like the Bush v. Gore court, you know, deciding the race or, you know, they, I think I can understand them not wanting to get involved on some level, but on the other level, when there's such obvious as, as there was obvious uh, fraud going on and just all kinds of hijinks and the Democrats playing their usual games. I mean, the, they, these people are just they're demonic. There's another it's way. It's so to, sickening. It, how they it, just yeah, it is. It is. And, and but, but, but but also it exposed, unfortunately, is how thin the line of defense is and how frankly squishy the Republicans and the so-called, you know, our so-called uh, our side is uh, even within President Trump's ranks. I mean, you had and, and, and then the good people, unfortunately, were so few and far between. They were able to be singled out now and are being persecuted in Georgia, for example. You know, these like Eastman, the lawyers and the people who said, no, 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 we're we're going to take this on head on. They were I mean, there were so few then they were being undermined from within by people like Meadows and these other quizlings. I'll tell you what, when Trump gets reelected. Boy, it better be a different story because you know you know that the whole time I don't know if you're aware I'm Roger Stone's personal counsel, but the whole first four years of the Trump administration, Roger Stone never once was invited to the White House, and that is a mistake because Roger knew every time there was some uh, 
piece of crap, you know, a globalist, you know, sort of one of these either neocon or whatever, uh, you know, sort of the quizlings, the 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 asp in the bosom, as he would say, uh, like like uh, McMaster and these others and and General Kelly. Uh, immediately, Roger would be like, "Damn, he's made a he screwed up." Uh, talking about Trump, he's like, "He can't believe he appointed this guy." Roger knew every time who 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 these guys. You know, he had their number before they even yeah. worked. Finally, ultimately, you know, outed. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I mean, what do you, what do you see, uh, you know, who do you see forming around him? I mean, you keep an eye on the, on the sort of the, uh, I think it's more of a family. Well, certainly Ivanka and Jared are out of this, the picture. And I think they were, yeah. I'm sure they meet, I'm sure they meant well, but you know, you know, I, I don't even know because to, to guess is, is somewhat ridiculous. Uh, personally, I would like to see Carrie Lake be the VP, but that's just me. Um, I, I think they would be such a great team because of the recent tapes that came out with her where they could really put some pressure on reforming the voting situation where we go back to in-person, day of, signature verification, voter ID. I mean, this is just right. all... It's simple people. It's not that hard, people. You know, and as for, as for Roger Stone, man, that guy, he really he's something, man. Of all the people I've ever met in the movement, he probably doesn't even remember. I was I was at the uh, reawaken here in uh, San Diego, and I met him backstage. And he, I came up, and I was like, Roger. And man, I shook his hand, and he's just like, he's intense, man. The guy yeah, is oh, like, yeah, like yeah. electric. Like I've met, well, met Alex. I, Jones, I, I met sent Alex him. Burke. I sent him your. I sent him your video. I texted that video <laughs> of that first appearance, and you know, he was like, "Wow, that guy's wild." Yeah, um, yeah. Roger, Roger's. Uh, he, he's a character, man. I mean, he's, yeah, for me I, to I tell say what, he's, he's intense. He's 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 uh he's much more fun behind the scenes, like and just turns turns letting his hair down, you know. He's he's mm -hmm. he, he's funny as hell, man. We used to get roaring. I'm telling you, like especially <laughs> especially before especially before the heat got on, before they started persecuting yeah. and dismantling his life. But, yeah, uh, but you him know, and I, Alex Jones, what they did. See, see, this is it's not even a new thing. Like I actually another one of my in, in encounters with standing up against things. So. There was a cops in our local town would go to the bar and they would just hang out the whole time, like in uniform is like super annoying. I was like, man, this is America. Like what? Like, what are you guys doing? Like, you know, where's my where's not, my, not, like, not uh, drinking, just like hanging out, like hawking people. Well, like, well bust one them? night I caught them and, and cell phones had just got cameras on them and they were out there. And this is how they were. Like, I, I'm sure they were drinking because they were out of control. They must have been drinking because <laughs> they're so off their off their head. Not in public, right. Right. But but um in the bar flirting with girls so this it got to the point where they they were had girls in handcuffs like the girls wanted it right but they're like oh bending girls over like it's a strip club and the one girl was like 21 just turned 21 and they have her in the handcuffs they have like three or four girls in a line and handcuffs and the girls like bending and putting their ass out and i'm just like click 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 so oh i eventually called these cops out on this and they said you're under arrest i said well for what what Oh yeah, and then they 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 put your hands behind your back, and then they they did one of these stop resisting things. They yanked my thing. And they're stop resisting, stop resisting. Oof. They beat me with a flashlight. They they tasered Jeez. me ten times, choked me unconscious, hogtied me, and left me in the street. And then brought me down to maximum security and put me in a jail cell with a guy named Misery who had a swastika tattoo on his shaved head. I'm not joking. Okay. Good God. So well, this is a. <laughs> we only got about we only got about a minute left, Matt, and, I, and it went okay. too fast. Real, real but, quick. But, so what that was about was is I went to court and I brought it in and they got rid of all my evidence. They got rid of my photographs. They got rid of all, all the testimonies I had. They're like, that's inadmissible, inadmissible, inadmissible. And at Jeez. the end, I'm sitting there like, this is just a weirdo at the bar that we had to arrest.
So it's yeah. nothing new, guys. Yeah. Lawfare. Big problem. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Well, listen, I told you before, I'm a, I'm a California attorney, man. You ever have a problem, you you don't don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call me. I don't care what it is. I'll I'll come in and we'll 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 straighten it out for you. So you got you got a, yeah. at least one one of one of the <laughs> one of these guys on your side. So well, uh, listen, we're gonna have you back, Matt. I hope you'll come back and join us again. Uh, uh, you know, near future, this conversation was great. It was as fun as I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's really, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to meet you and, and, and collaborate with you face to face, brother. And I hope to, uh, hope we'll, we'll have many more opportunities in the future. You too, man. I was, it's great. Yeah. Have me on. I'm, I've always got different takes on, on, uh, current events that a lot of people are missing, right. missing. So, uh, check well, it out. Sure. Thanks for joining us on the Tyler Nixon show here on today's news talk. We'll see you tomorrow.